Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. Today on the show, I'm joined by Joe Wilshire, somebody who I've known for quite a while. But before we jump into it, I just want to encourage you during this time of social distancing and self-isolation that we don't distance ourselves socially so much as physically. Remember to take some time today to listen to the people around you. This is the perfect opportunity to build relationships and to maybe learn about the people in your life. Joseph Wilshire, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thanks, bro. It's good to be here. It's exciting to have another guy named Joseph on the podcast. Uh, Joe Sim was the other mm. Joseph I've had on. And well, you got to upgrade at some point. Right? I, yeah. I do. I mean, like, I want the latest and greatest model of Joseph, yeah. right? 2.0, bro. Yeah. And funny enough, uh, you were both born in England, right? Yeah. So um, why don't, before we get into, like, where you're from and stuff, let's talk about how we know each other. Oh, man. Is there it's kind of like, like weird. It's kind of difficult to go back to like the first time we met, you know? Yeah. Because like, if I say the first time we met, we kind of met in seminary. And yeah. it was kind of from there that we eventually like got to know each other slowly. And yeah. like went from there. But we've had like heaps of interactions. Like um, you obviously, you know, my older brother really well. Mm -hmm. uh, you were good friends. You worked together in the elders quorum and all that kind of stuff. So there's that way. Um, but yeah, we had seminary together. I think that's how we first originally met. And we kind of yeah. did some jamming together and some yeah. stuff. And yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I think with, with most people, it's usually this like, oh, we know each other from here, but there's no like specific memory mm. or, or experience. Um, most of my first memories of you were you and like Taylor and Reed. <laughs> that was like... I was like, oh, Joe Wilshire, he's one of those three. I'm one of the squad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but you were always my favorite. Yes. Um, but, Suck it, boys. And then, uh, and funny enough, I actually knew your mom before I knew you. Because she Bro, was my bus driver. Bro, that's the story with so many people. Yeah. So <laughs> many people. Even like, um, Missy Morante was like, this is like, I knew your mom. Janessa. Yeah. Um, Lydia was uh, knew my mom before she knew me and all this kind of stuff. All these people I know that are like, yeah, your mom's great. I met your mom. And I'm like, my mom's more popular than I am. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? Oh, no, she's great. She's she's dope. Like if it gets people to want to hang out with you. Hey, I'm I'm in. Like you sold. take it. You yeah. Take it. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, let's let's go into where you're from. So where in England are you from originally? So I was born in Nottingham, okay, uh, which is in the East Midlands. Yeah. For anyone that really knows the geography of England, um, but yeah, I grew up there my whole life. Most of my ancestors are from there too. Like mm -hmm. we didn't generally leave the area, um, but yeah, that's I come from there. We moved to Canada when I was eleven, and that was in two thousand and eight. Yeah, uh, and we've been here ever since in Calgary, and it's in Mackenzie actually, and it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I mean, I like having you here, yeah, um, and the rest of your family. But why? Um, I guess first of all, like, why did you move here? And second, as an eleven-year-old, how did that affect you? So moving here. Um, sorry, the first question was why did we move here? Yeah, right? why did yeah. you move here? Yeah. So my dad served his mission in Winnipeg, right? So he knew what Canada was like, and he really liked the people, the kind of culture that was here. 
and he just kind of decided um oh i guess we ca- he came to a point where he wanted to to move out of england because it just wasn't safe mm. um and it's not really i guess it's not got the best opportunities in life either and um even now england's still struggling with a whole lot of like unemployment and all these sorts of things right and so my dad thought well i want to give a better life to my children um and when they were praying about it my dad would said um he's like obviously i've been to canada and it's a beautiful place it's lovely people and he said i think that's where we should go and so they prayed about it and that's what they they felt they should do they should go to canada and um right at the time when this was all kind of happening uh, the Calgary police force was hiring English police officers. So it was like hmm. a direct connection for my dad, Yeah, uh, which was kind of another thing which pointed out to them that this was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so he just jumped on that. He got the job and we moved here. And wow. yeah, so it was pretty cool. Like a lot of things kind of fell into place the way that they needed to in order to work. Yeah. Um, and it's been really good. Like uh, I'm really, like at first, like, Obviously, I was 11. I was still fairly young, but I had, like, some sort of, I guess, roots and connection there. Right. And so leaving friends and stuff was pretty hard. Um, leaving family, too, was pretty rough. I I still do miss some of my, my family, and I wish I could see them, but obviously, like, it's not realistic all the time, but right. we, we, we video call a lot. Um but I do love it here. Like even when I went on my mission and served in Australia, Australia is a lot like England, except it's warm. Yeah. Um, and I just like, like being there, I was just like, I love Canada. I love the people. I love the atmosphere that's there. Like, right. Um, as much as people like, I fell in love with Australia. I love Australia, but I wouldn't live there. Yeah. Like just the way the culture is there. I, I just, I just, it's not that I didn't like it. I loved the culture and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I knew that where I wanted to live and where I wanted to like raise a family would be here. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It was just kind of like seeing the difference made me go, Canada's a good place. It's like, generally speaking, it's safe. Um, and the people are good. They're polite. They're kind um, and very helpful and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I just, and they, they're like, like let's get real it's canada there's nothing really like crazy hoodlum that goes on here yeah um whereas i live when i was in uh, australia i lived in a lot of like the really ghetto kind of areas and there was times where i was just like this is like major sketchy like this mm. is kind of crazy like you'd hear uh, there was some areas where i'd literally hear police sirens every single night um more than one actually more than one area i'd hear them every night and i just kind of remember thinking like obviously like stuff like this happens in canada but i just don't think it happens to this level like i don't think it's because i'm blind to it because obviously my dad's a police officer and i hear a lot of the stuff that he he does and he brings home right um but it's just not like it's everywhere in australia like everywhere and it's a lot like that in in england too it's just everywhere like you can't really go anywhere without like some like I guess not really expecting, but having a high potential of some crime happening around you. Hmm. Whereas here it's generally pretty safe. Like it's pretty nice and no one gets up to like really crazy stuff. Right. Um, so that's like one thing that about Canada that I really like everyone's it's like, it's safe. It's a good place to raise a family because you know, your kids are safe. They can walk to school and you're not worried about them. You right. know what I mean? Sort of thing. Interesting. 
That, I mean, I I really like Canada. I've never been to Australia or England, um, but it's it's interesting that that kind of like gave you that perspective that like oh yeah, like Canada is home. Yeah, you know, um, and and so I guess you know what what else do you really um, really enjoy about being here? About being here. Um, I don't love the snow a whole lot, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, but I do at the same time, like in Australia, I did kind of miss it. Um, really? it, when I came back, it was like a novelty again. I was like, Whoa, cool snow. And then it wore off. <laughs> um, but I just, I do like that you experience like kind of colder weather in the winter, which really makes it feel like Christmas. Right. Cause that was one thing in Australia. Christmas would yeah, come it's around. In the summer. Yeah. It's in the summer. And so it's hot. Like it's really hot and you just like, whatever, like it doesn't, like to me personally, it didn't feel like Christmas. Right. It just felt like, I don't even know. It just felt like another like holiday. Yeah. But nothing special, crazy. Um, it just, yeah, it was just felt like a holiday and I was kind of like, this is weird. Like it's Christmas. I should be like, work, Santa presents, Jesus right. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but it was just like it was just normal. Like it was just like an, another day on, on the job sort of thing. Um, so I do like like kind of the atmosphere you get here, which really works well for Christmas. I do like, like the seasons and stuff. We, I feel like we get a good fall and a good spring and all that and a good summer as well. Even though we get this cold, we get good summers, I think. Yeah. Um, doesn't get too hot, which is nice. Um, mm -hmm. but there's lots of things like that, like the atmosphere gives like it's mostly the people though the people here is kind of what makes the atmosphere what it is it's just very very friendly very hmm. um yeah very i guess considerate of other people and stuff like that hmm. and did you um i guess was was there a time outside of when you just moved here that that you thought like like I want to go home to England. Like I hate Canada. Um. Like when I first got here, I was a little, I was still a bit uncertain about it because I'd left my friends and I didn't really have any friends yet. Right. Um. But I was like, I was really cautiously optimistic, I guess. Yeah. Um. In thinking that you know, like this is a good place. What I've experienced so far has been pretty good. I do miss home. I do miss my friends and things like that. Um, but generally speaking, I was never like, I want to go back to England, like, right. like sort of thing. Like, I know, I think my, my brother, my older brother and sister were, I think more my older sister than, than Sam. Um, and I just kind of remember thinking like, like as they would like be struggling. Cause I know Esther struggled a lot. Um, I just remember thinking like, I like it here. Like, I think it was good because I was friends with Taylor pretty much right off the bat. Right. I met him at church and it was just after that we became really good friends. Really? Really, really quick too, which was really nice. Um, and so it didn't, it didn't feel too out of place. Right. I felt like I fit in somewhere at least. Yeah. And, um, and then when I started going to school, uh, I made friends really quick. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like I was at a young enough age that it was like... Um, 
everyone's got like their friend group, I guess, but everyone's right. still willing and open to accept new people and whatever. Right. Um, and being friends with Taylor, who already had a lot of friends, kind of also helped helped me out. Hmm. Um, and the accent probably gave a good number as well. So yeah, I, I uh, you're cool. Maybe, maybe milked that a little bit. Yeah. Did you? Um, a lot of people would ask me like, "Oh, say this, say that," and I'm like. I'll gladly oblige. And like, <laughs> so I'd be, just be sitting in like class or whatever doing something like, oh, say water bottle. And I'm like, water bottle. And they're like, oh, it's so cool. And it was a good number for the girls too. Um, and so I tried to like milk the Australian a little bit too sometimes. Right, right. Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was a pretty easy adjustment for me. Like it didn't feel like too forced it didn't feel too scary right it just kind of felt like okay this is a new thing i've got to get used to and then it once i started to get a little bit used to it it was like this is life now right right and so it was although it was i did miss home and i did miss family it was um it was never like a real huge sense of i want to go back mm -hmm. it was this is where we're at so we best make the most of it and i'm happy here so that's okay i'm happy mm. here so yeah that's good that's good. I think it's really important to be happy where you are, yeah. you know, and, uh, and to enjoy it. So, uh, like, do you, do you plan to, to stay here, raise your family here? Like, yeah, I do. Live your life here? I, like that's, that's kind of my ideal. I think this is where I want to be is here in Calgary. Yeah. Um, I do. I feel like this is like the perfect, like central spot at mm -hmm. Calgary. You've got the U.S. border. You can go down like it's not that far away. Mm -hmm. If you really, really wanted to go to like Montana or something, right? Um, the mountains are really close. So if you want to go for like a day trip in the mountains, you can just kind of scoot over there and come back. Like, and there's a lot of, oh, excuse me, a lot of really nice places in the mountains like Banff that's really not that far away. Mm -hmm. So I feel like here is like a really good spot. It's like a city. Um, but it's not like too massive of a city right? where it's crazy hustle and bustle all the time. Maybe that's just because I live on the outskirts, but um, I do, like that's actually kind of one thing I do miss about where we lived in England. We lived in like a really small country town, so it was always really relaxed, really hmm. um, smooth rolling, like it was never yeah. crazy busy. Um, whereas here it's a little more busy, so I do kind of miss the country life, but um it's still nice like here like I do like it like being close to everything there's although Calgary's not probably the most popping party place but there's things to do like right. if you really tried hard enough um so I feel like this is a really good spot like it's a good place to be to be able to be get to places do things um and I kind of like being outdoors and in the mountains and stuff so right um having that close by is good so yeah like i like it here this is the plan is to stay here obviously if i get right otherwise things or, change yeah 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 um and and i mean i love i love it here too so i totally get you know all the things that you appreciate about it here yeah um but tell me a little bit about um like living in a smaller town and like what like what was what was that vibe like as a kid so the vibe is pretty it's pretty cool like um i used to literally just jump on my bike and um go and hang out with friends on our bikes and we'd bike around the town mm -hmm. and just kind of 
not do anything crazy, but we'd just like hang out and we'd just do stuff together. Right. Um, which was like pretty normal. And um, it was really cool because you could just like be biking and going places. And then people that knew your parents and knew you and stuff would just be like, oh, hey, Joe. And you'd be like, oh, hey. Like, I kind of like, it's it's almost like what you see in the movies. You know right. what I mean? Like, the kid's biking through town and everyone's like, hey, Jim. And he's like, hey, Mr. So-and-so and whatever. Right. And um, it's kind of like, it was kind of like that. Not quite as like, I guess, theatrical, theatrical. and movie-like and stuff. Right. But everyone kind of knew each other. Everyone like looked out for each other. Um you didn't have to go really very far to get to your friend's house. Like it was pretty, it's pretty nice because it was so small. Everyone knew each other and it was kind of like everyone takes care of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously I'm, I'm also looking through kids goggles at this point. Um, right. But I, I felt like it was really nice. It was a really nice, small country town. Um, yeah, just, I liked like the relaxed feel like it felt very, not not like it was slow, but like relaxed. Right. It was chill. Yeah. There was no rush. There was no city dashing around and stuff that I guess you kind of get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was nice. It was, it was quiet. It was, it wasn't anything special. It was just, I don't know how to explain it. It was just yeah, um, friendly, warm, and just relaxed. Are you still in touch with anybody from back there? Um, I'm not actually. Uh, we I kept in touch with a few of my friends for a while when I first moved, um, but I guess as obviously as we grew up, because we were still pretty young, right? At like eleven, and we just grew up and made different friends. And I'm friends like I'm friends with them on Facebook. You know, that's right. that's what type friends are. Um, and so it's like I see what they're up to and they see what I'm up to and sometimes we'll comment on each other's stuff. And right. But yeah, like we don't really keep in crazy touch with, with each other as much as we used to. So. Right. But you kind of know like where they are and what yeah. they're doing. And yeah. That's interesting. Is it, um, is it, I don't know how, how to word this. Like when you, when you see, their posts and stuff. Do you like? Do you ever think of what it would be like had your family stayed in England? Yeah, I have thought about that before, and like, um, there'd be times I see some friends' posts, and I'd think like, I wonder if if I'd stayed, if I'd like be hanging out with him right now. Right. Um, and it's kind of cool to think that and think about how that could be at times, and then it's also kind of like, um. Like, how do you how do you explain? It? It's kind of not not sad, but it's kind of like weird, and you kind of think, oh, like maybe I wouldn't, or maybe want to be be hanging out with him right now, <laughs> just because I've got some friends back home who get up to some crazy stuff. Right. Um. But it's kind of like, like I do think about it sometimes. Like, what if I was still there? Um. And I think there's some there's definitely some of my friends who I I kept in touch with. Mm -hmm. um kind of three i can i can keep like in mind right now that i'd probably still be friends with and we were all tight hmm. um and those are the probably be the guys i'd still be hanging out with and they're, they're the guys getting up to like some good stuff um i think they've pretty much all got girlfriends and are looking at getting married right now really so yeah um 
but yeah, like they're they're good they're good guys, and I like sometimes I think, man, I kind of wish I was still hanging out with them, um, mm. just because like it would be fun, right? And it'd just like be sick to catch up with old friends and stuff, right? Um, but at the same time, like, like it's it sounds weird, but like I don't think about it too much because otherwise I'm like. I just feel like I'm reaching for something that's not actually there in a sense. Right. Um, reaching for the impossible, I suppose. And like, it's cool and they're good guys and I'd love to hang out with them again. Um, but there's other things to do, I guess. Right. I don't really know how I'm trying to like express that. Right. Um, I mean, everybody's but, got their own things going on in yeah. their lives. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And it, like, um, I guess, how have your like you you mentioned that you and Taylor were pretty much like good friends right off the bat yeah um and and he he really strikes me as the type of person to like include people and like yeah he is be a friend he's always been good for that and uh and so um with with Taylor and then all the other friends that you've made here like what things have they done to to impact your life and to like uh, move you forward to becoming the person you are. So, um, I just as you were saying that, I was thinking about this. Um, this, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, this, I guess, a talk thing that someone gave, and it talks about the impact that friends can have on us, especially in our youth. Hmm. Um, and it was something I read on my mission because we were trying to help. Um, one of these kids we were teaching who was in youth right and we were trying to help him help him see that his choices of friends can impact him a lot and stuff like that yeah and um as i was reading it, i kind of thought like like this is so true i read a lot of this and i can see like how it's how it's been in my life um, and it talks about how like if you hang around with people who are okay with just like kicking back, relaxing and doing nothing, then that's kind of the mentality you'll take on. Mm -hmm. But if you um, hang out with people who keep like the same standards as you, who um, want to make something of their life and who are out there to go get it, like you kind of adopt that mentality as well. And I've like been pretty lucky to be blessed with friends like, like Reed and Taylor and Asher and Matt mm -hmm. and all that kind of, all those people who've had really good, um, although like we were, we weren't perfect and we made our mistakes, obviously. Right. Um, we always kind of knew that where, where the focus was and like that being on, on Christ and stuff like that. And so we always, we always, although we got off track, we always knew kind of where we were going. Right. Um, and so having that was really good. And they were, they were all always like really excited to go out and have fun. Um, because fun doesn't happen if you just sit on your bum and wait for it to show up, right? Yeah. Um, and that was something that, like, always kind of impressed me. It was, like, they would always be, like, looking for something fun to go and do. Yeah. Um, and not just, like... Like, although we had times where we'd sit in the basement and we wouldn't do anything and we'd just, like, talk or, like, play music or whatever, like... Um, that was just, like, the vibe we were in. But it was always, like, if we wanted to do something fun, we knew we could, like, just call each other up and be, like yo, like, let's go out and have some fun. So they were always, like, ambitious out there to go get something. Yeah. Um, and you see that, like, going from, I guess, being teenagers and looking for fun and like, things to do 
and you look at it now and you see how like they're just kind of out there to go get it whether that be school or whether it be work and they're all just kind of taking the helm on their lives and getting going with it and that's impacted me like huge um because it's kind of because i hung out with them that's the impact it's had on me and another friend um max who isn't a member he's just the same he's out there to go get it he's he's just finishing school this semester and then starting up his own company hmm. and so he's really ambitious he's really out there to go get it too um or he's not starting right after school but he's going to do some like internships with some stuff but that's oh, okay. that's a whole other story yeah um but yeah just like having them as friends has always kind of kept me in check with where my priorities are right whether it be to just like slack off and have eventually some dead-end job right or actually getting an education and getting somewhere with life and having a good job which provides for my family and um that kind of stuff like so having those kind of friends who were always ready and willing to go out there and get it was always been a huge blessing to me hmm. yeah i mean i mean they talk about how you know you're the product of the five closest friends you have or whatever yeah. right and uh i i think it really rings true like people affect you the people you spend your time with affect you definitely and so i guess um with them having that impact on you um what is it that you're that you're going out to try and get like what do you want to do so um i'm kind of conflicted between two choices right now obviously going to school um and I don't really know what I want to study in and what I study depends on what path I want to take my career. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, so there's an opportunity with that friend who's opening up his own company to uh, run his warehouse. Right. So his plan is to go into, um, oh my gosh, welding supplies. Right, right. And so he would supply large companies with... Um, the rods that they need, the equipment, welders, the gas, and all that kind of stuff that they need to be able to do their work. Right. And uh, obviously to do that, he's going to need somewhere to store all of his stuff um, and keep his his material before it gets sent out. Mm -hmm. And he said, like, it's always kind of been, we as youth, I, uh, as youth, man, I feel like I'm so old every time <laughs> I say that. Um, but when we were like teenagers, we'd always say like, bro, let's do this together. And we do stuff all the time, like come up with these like crazy business plans and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and we'd even talk about starting YouTube channels and all this, like making money off those and all these crazy ideas, which some we tried. Um, mostly the YouTube ones, playing yeah. games and putting them on YouTube. Um, and it, it was, it was fun just to like try stuff out and do that kind of stuff. Um, Oh, I lost my train of thought entirely now. Um, yeah, and so, sorry, I just remember where I was going with this. And and then he came to me before my mission and was like, bro, I want to start up my own company. Like, that's my goal. That's right. my plan. And I was like, yo, that's, like, that's sick. What, what's your plan? Where do you want to go with it? What do you want to do? And we were just talking and it's kind of adapted and changed over the years. Mm -hmm. um, for a while, it was just taking over his dad's current company, right. which is uh, certifying welders and certifying welds and things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so for a while, it was that. And then he decided he wanted to go into a different kind of route. He's a really good salesman, so it makes sense that he's chosen this path. Yeah. Um, and so he's 
he came to me and said, this is the path I'm going. This is like, as I'm coming home from my mission. Um, and he's always been, he's kind of always said like, when I do this, I want, I want you to do it with me. Right. I want you to be part of it. Um, and I can, I can get you like a good job, like fast. Um, and so it's kind of between taking that job where I'd lead his warehouse, make sure orders are going out on time and making sure orders are right and all that kind of stuff dealing with, um, a few customers here and there, but he'll handle like the larger clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he'll do. He'll travel and visit different large companies wherever they're trying to do whatever they're doing mm-hmm. and um, give them the supplies they need, I suppose. Whereas I'd just be in the shop running the warehouse, right. which I know sounds really unexciting, but at the I mean, same but time... you're keeping things going. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, like it's something to... like Although it may start where I'm like right off the bat, it's probably just going to be me like in the warehouse, loading trucks, making sure everything's going out. But I guess as it builds, as we plan, I guess, mm-hmm. um, it should do really well. Like it, then I'll have be running teams and I'll be making sure everything th- my team is running smoothly and all these kind of things. Like it has, has the opportunity, I guess, build and develop into new and new things, which is really exciting. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that job and like what it would entail. And I, I, and it's between that and and police work. Interesting, I've, really. Yeah, which is like they're pretty different. Right. Um yeah. but police work's always really interested me. Obviously, my dad being a police officer as well. Um hearing the stories he comes with, but it's it's like more than that too. Like it's always like obviously I think it's cool and I think it's interesting. That's why I'm interested in the first place. Yeah. Um but I've always like really wanted to just help people. Yeah. In whatever way I can. And I always wanted to be uh, a helpful member of the community and stuff like that. Um, And that's kind of the way that my mind's always said, that's the best opportunity. That's the best way to be able to accomplish that. Hmm. Um, And so that's where I've kind of been really, really focused for a long time. And it wasn't until, um, I don't know, a few years ago, uh, kind of probably during my mission, where I really actually started to consider working for my friend and so yeah i'm not really sure what i i'm going to do yet um but it's it's probably going to be one of those two yeah. unless it like something else just jumps out and screams at me hmm. um but yeah that's kind of like the plan right now um but like to be honest both are really good yeah. like both are great opportunities so it's um you're kind of just picking the worst of or picking or the, the best, best of, of the best, two like, great things yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. Hmm. People I, would complain and say that I should just make a choice and I've got it too well off for myself and stuff. Because it, it is, like, it's a great opportunity, the two yeah. that I've been given. And I've got ins in both. Like Max would set me up and my dad can help me get in because my dad has a good a good rapport. Right. Um, so people would be like, oh, just make a choice. You've got it easy. And it's like, but it's not that easy. Like this is my future. And right, the, right. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I always find it interesting how many doors are always open yeah you know uh, especially if you like if you do what um what you're saying uh you know about you and your friends going out there and getting it and like Mm -hmm. you know um working hard and putting effort in like doors open just because you're like a decent human being yeah (laughs) who, who is willing to who is willing to work hard yeah right 
And uh, so I guess um, I, I'm curious. Um, obviously, your dad's had a big impact on you um, mm. with, with your interest in police work and helping in the community that way. Um, but how else has your family um, impacted your work ethic and your desire to like go out and and make a difference and do oh, something good huge huge um so my i got my first job when i was 14 mm-hmm. um because my parents um they'd always like I, whenever i was a kid and i'd ask for stuff they'd be like well i'm like can i get this like it's only ten dollars and they're like well do you have ten dollars i'm like well no and they're like well sorry you can't get it then can you and so they trained like they taught us really young that if you want something earn it right like earn the money to get it or earn um whatever you need to do to be able to get what you want right um so from a really young age that was the mentality i grew up with like if i wanted money i've got to go to work mm-hmm. um if i want to i don't know go out and do something i've got to do the things i need to do first so i being kind of raised with that um all the time has always really like driven me to be like okay i need a job like i just need to get a job so i can do the things that i want to do right i could drive my car go to go places go eat fast food when i'm freaking hungry like whatever like i wanted to do they taught me you can do whatever you want to do but you have to provide for yourself right right in whatever way that that takes and obviously it's like it's not always that simple and straightforward and they do help out where where i need help mm-hmm. um but they a lot of the times they just kind of leave me to figure it out on my own hmm. um obviously when i came back from my mission i was pretty dirt poor and they helped me out with a lot of things um but i like coming back i knew i needed to find a job and i needed to find one quickly right because i knew i needed to there's a lot of things like um obviously coming back like it's time to start like dating and stuff and it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to take someone on date when you got no dosh right you know and things like things like that so it was like you also like can't really go out with your friends unless you're going to mooch from one of them too like it's so right. it's kind of like a double-edged sword but um but yeah i just when i came back i knew i needed to find work so i could first of all like do stuff i wanted to do right but also uh help in whatever way I could around the house or whatever it was um, to help uh, I guess financial aid in whatever form that comes not that I'm going to be some crazy income dude but um, yeah like once I start getting paid regularly which should be fairly soon like my parents want me to start paying rent again right and so it's things like that like um, that I like the reasons I felt like I needed to get a job because I didn't want to be mooching from my parents all the right. time. I didn't want to be a financial burden. I wanted to be a benefit. Right. <clears throat> and so, yeah, like that was kind of the, like one of the really real big focuses when I got home was to get work. Hmm. And so that's just kind of always how I've been raised. And um, my dad's not always loved his, his job. Like he enjoys it and it's, it's, it's his work and it's the work he enjoys but it's not been like his favorite thing to do like if he could he'd stay at home and be with the family and help out with the family yeah um but he knows he has to go to work and so seeing that every day um that my dad is like i need to work i need to work 
I need to work. And so sometimes he works himself too hard. Um, but if anything, like it shows me that um, for me and for my family, he's willing to put in the hard hours in order to provide for us. Right. Which is like a really good model, like for me personally. Like I've always really looked up to my dad um, in, in a lot of different ways. Um, but one of the ways is, is this way. He's really hard and he's, he works hard for his family um, because he loves us and he wants to take care of us. And it's really respectable. And that's kind of what the kind of father I want to be is I, I'm willing to work hard and do things that I may not necessarily enjoy because I love my, my kids, my wife and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. I think that's awesome that you like that you have that example and that you recognize mm. that example and uh, and that you're gonna you know take that and move it into your life and uh, and be that type of man um, maybe it might be interesting to hear um, some of your thoughts on like um, more about like the, the type of man that you are working to become and that like you'd like to be in the future? So, yeah, I guess like with like knowing my dad, like I do, I want to be a lot like him and there's a lot of things that I want to be like him. Um, but that kind of puts me at a really high, like to me, it's a really high standard and I, I kind of like want to hold myself to that. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes like stresses me out when I guess I don't live up to being that, that kind of person. Um, but like, I guess like the man, I, the man I want, I want to be, like I said, I, I hold it to a really high standard because I want to be, I want to be the best I can be. And I know I can achieve great things. Um, that's not like a pride thing. Like I just, like, like the Lord it, it can make us as great as we push ourselves to be, you know? Um, not to like turn this into a huge religious thing, but I mean, that's, that's what, that's the way I see it, I guess, right. is, is like, um, I know I can become whatever heavenly father wants me to become. Hmm. And that is as great or as, um, I don't know, as not so great, I guess, as, as he needs me to be like, um, and I'm, I'm ha like, it's it's hard. It's not always easy to be as good as we want to be. Um, right. But I do really want to be someone that is trustworthy, someone that can get things done, someone who's helpful, um, someone who people can, can turn to when they need a friend or need help or support or whatever it is. Um, that's the kind of person I, I want to be. I want to be someone that people respect and, and that they they love. Um and obviously that, that starts with me. That starts with me showing that kind of respect and that kind of love first. And um, I guess knowing that is that that's, that's how I try to live. I know uh, my mission president one time said, um, instead of, he was talking about marriage, but it kind of applies in a lot of different ways. He said, um, instead of looking for the one, be the one. Hmm. Um, and it kind of makes me like, think like, um, he meant it like if you're looking for this, this, and this in a girl, then you need to be that, that, and that. Mm -hmm. You can't just um, expect someone to be perfect and amazing while you're just like scrubbing around. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> and that applies in this same sense. If I want like if I want people to 
I guess, respect me and trust me and um, know that I've got their back. I need to first prove that to them. I need to prove that I'm trustworthy. I need to prove that I love them um, and that kind of stuff. I need to, like I just, like, like I guess I kind of talked about earlier with, with work, I've always wanted to help and like um, be a person, someone that, or be a person that people can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I wanted to do police work. And it's kind of the same thing. I want to be someone who people can trust, who people know that they can go, okay, I, I can ask Joe for help. Right. Because, <clears throat> um, yeah, because it's, it's not always, I guess, easy. Like when some people try to open up to people, they feel like they're being judged. Um, and so I always try to like not judge people and stuff like that. Hmm. So like there's a lot to like work on to be the person I ideally want to be. Right. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm just like working towards being that person. I just, that's the kind of person I want to be is like someone that can, people can trust and they rely on Hmm. and that knows, loves them. Um, I guess really you could just kind of sum it up in like, I just want to be Christ-like, which I know is really like standard response. Um, but like really he, he, for me, he is the goal. Like, Hmm. yeah. I think I mean I think that's a good goal to to reach for, um, and uh, and I mean all of the things that you listed like to be trustworthy and to you know to give people respect and to really earn their respect mm-hmm. and um, and to not judge people like I think that's that I mean that's like what being a good person is right. Yeah. Um, I I'm especially curious because I I think. Um, we tend to, we tend to judge people a lot. Like we, you know, it's normal, right? Like you see somebody and you, you have to make a decision, you know, about what you think about them and you judge them. And, um, and so how, like, how do you personally, um, not judge people? Like, how do you get in that mindset of like, I'm just going to not judge this person right now and just like, just be nice. Mm. It's yeah it's a good question it's not always easy to be honest like it it is it can be pretty hard because mm-hmm. um obviously we're human so sometimes the mistakes we make are quite um i guess flashy like it's hard to ignore them and you think wow like that's the mistake you made like that's pretty dumb yeah um but like i guess in like the times where like sometimes i see these mistakes or these things that like I think, oh, like, these are weird, and, like, I get into a tendency of judging people. I just, like, often think, well, what are the dumb things you've done in your life? Because there's a countless number of those. Right. Um, what are the mistakes you've made? What are the little quirks about you that are weird and that are, um, are different, that might not fit in with the social norm and whatever? Right. Um, and so that, like, for me, that's, like, how, how I see it is, like... Um, like don't don't judge others because it's not nice being judged yourself you know right um and so i just kind of think like what if i'd make that mistake what if that was me instead of him right i was the one that made the mistake how would it i wouldn't want people to jump on me and be like whoa that's dumb you're an idiot and so i then think well i shouldn't jump on him and call him an idiot then because he doesn't want it and i wouldn't want it so why does anyone need it Mm mm-hmm and just kind of like, I guess, through life experience where maybe I wasn't 
I guess in that kind of mindset, like it doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'd be like, don't do that. That's ridiculous. That's dumb. Like, why would you do it that way? Like you're supposed to do it this way or whatever it was, then judging people and the choices that they make, um, it just, it just doesn't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and even if you wanted to try and change it, if you start judging them, they're not going to listen to you anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, it's just completely useless. It's, you literally choose to put someone down to be able to make no difference at all, except Mm. depress someone. Right. So it gets, it kind of gets nowhere. And obviously I'm not, I'm not perfect in this and I can't be like, I'm some like guru on not judging people. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just kind of like keeping the mentality of how would I want someone to react if I made a mistake or how would I feel if I was in his situation? Um, or even just thinking like, um, just, I guess, thinking about, uh, other people first, like, although I, I guess with where I'm working now, the warehouse lead there, he's a really nice dude. Um, and sometimes like when something goes wrong, um, a lot of like the upper management want to point fingers. Right. Um, and though whoever they feel like they can point at, they go, Hey, you've made this mistake. Um, and he came to me one time, he says, he said like, Hey, just want you to know that if you ever get called up for a mistake, know that it's not just your fault. It's as too. Cause if you made a mistake at any point, we could have picked it up and noticed it mm-hmm. and then fixed the mistake. So we're a team, like whatever we, whatever mistakes you make, we've made, right. Whatever mistakes I make, we've made, we're one unit. Hmm. Um, and I think that's honestly like how we need to like view a lot more things is like, um, if you're just going to judge people and like decide to pick out people's flaws, it's not going to get anywhere and you're never going to be a team. It's like every man for himself. Right. Um, but whereas if we work together as one unit to like accomplish the same goal and someone makes a mistake, like we've got all the time to be able to fix that mistake. Yeah. And if we don't, that's our fault, not the one person's. Like obviously, obviously, there's little things like, like let's say if I don't know, this is like really dumb, but like I press the wrong button in the elevator, that's my fault. Right, like, it can't be really right. betrayed. But like, if it's like something bigger, like this order was supposed to get a third piece or something, and there was only two in the in the box, is what we call it. Right. Um, then that's a team fault. Like anyone at any point, because when we put notes in the computer, we'd say like two pieces in this box in. And anyone at any point when they're looking through the orders, double checking stuff, they could have gone, oh, wait, there's supposed to be three there. And so that's the kind of mentality you told me, like, that's what we try to have here. We're a team. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it, that's the mentality we should have in general. And that's how we avoid judging is we just think his mistakes, like, although they may be his, they're as. So what can we do? Because this... I whether it's a friend or a family member or even someone at work or an acquaintance, like whatever it is, um, <clears throat> this person is part of your life in some sense. And if you're just going to choose to like, I guess, not try and influence the people around you and make no difference in these people's lives, it's it's useless, it's futile. Right. But if you could actually be a change. You could be the difference in that person's life. Hmm. where they need like a friend or they need um 
they need support because they're struggling with something instead of calling them a failure you help them and help them to succeed sort of thing so it's like if you view it in a sense of like these are the people i've influence over this is my team how are we going to work forward to be better than we are today right and i think that changes a lot of how people view it but obviously like that's an ideal world kind of thing yeah and unfortunately we don't live in an ideal world but i mean like you said you can be the one right yeah exactly like you you can be that person and uh and make that difference in people's lives mm-hmm. um, and it's like you said like we we eventually take on these attributes of the people we're around yeah <clears throat> and if you're conscious of the like what attitudes are around the people you're around and if you kind of like press this attitude of like building and progressing mm-hmm. then it comes off on the people you're around right and so you right. can slowly but although like people are like oh, you're only small and you can't do that much so it's partially true yeah but you can do some difference in someone's life and right. our sphere of influence um contains certain people and while you may be in one of those other people or bleh, i can't explain this um the people in your sphere of influence there's someone in there is in another person's sphere of influence, right? Right. And so it slowly spreads like that. But this is all stuff like everyone is kind of heard and knows. Um, right, right. But I just think it's like, yeah, I just think it's overlooked, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think it really does matter. Like you can make a difference, right? Mm. No matter how small, you're still making a difference. Yeah. Um, and so to kind of uh, to wrap it up, um when you're when you're at the end of your life like you've done everything maybe you worked in the warehouse maybe you uh became a cop maybe you went and did like something totally different right Mm. Uh, but at the end of your life um what do you hope are the the fond uh memories that you're looking back on the fond memories there's lots to be honest um Obviously, my mission will always be one, um, mm-hmm. but there's there's a lot like um, just memories with friends, being with friends, um, and it's kind of weird. Like, <clears throat> if I look back and think about like hanging out with like Taylor and Reed, um, and I'm like, oh man, so many memories of like hanging out with them. I couldn't like give you detail of like specific times that were super amazing and dope. Yeah. Um, but just like whenever I think about it, I just remember like we always had a good time together and we always had fun, which is weird because I can't, I guess, um, specify on these different times that were super amazing and cool. Mm-hmm. But I do think like it's just kind of like a general thought is like all these memories stacked into one idea and it was just it was just awesome. So many things. Um, we had so many like different experiences together, like, like, um, spiritually, I like, I guess life changing and stuff like that. Um, but also just fun and goofy and dumb. And I just like, yeah, it's just kind of cool to think about like how, I guess if I'm looking back is like how the accumulation, like even looking back now, like the accumulation of everything that's brought me to where I am now. Right. Um, and there's a lot of fond memories that that I have um Christmases with family um I guess it's yeah it's like, it's really hard to specify certain things hmm. um 
But I think like the things that I guess if I was on my deathbed that I'd remember most specifically would be the times I had with friends um, like Taylor and Max and Reed <coughs> and and Asher and Matt and all that kind of stuff and all the crazy fun things that we did um, and good times with family and um, road trips and um, vacations and hardships even like uh, even trying times and tests and stuff just looking back on all those things is like it's really cool um, but yeah there's a lot of things like um, experiences I had before my mission that that changed my life um, oh sorry um, I guess like cleaning up my act like I had a time where I wasn't doing the right things on the gospel path um, and coming back and feeling what what forgiveness is really like was was out of this world for me mm. um, and it's something I'll always remember and it's the reason that I do half the things that I do is because of because of that experience um, and just how life-changing it was and amazing it was to feel feel the huge difference it made to be to be forgiven of mistakes and to be clean and to be better. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of memories I'd look back on, but there's yeah, it would probably be friends, family, and how I've drawn closer to Christ in my lifetime would be the big things I look back on. Well, that's awesome, and and uh, thanks for sharing it with me, and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been sweet. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, but to the people around you, the people in your life who you see on your walk to work or who sit across from you on the bus. Take the time today, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco 